Well, let's send our feet. Let's praise, and praise the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this wonderful Sunday morning. The sun is shining. It's not raining outside anymore like yesterday. Just misting and nasty. Uh, it's, it looks great. It's a beautiful day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Let's give him praise. Amen. We're going to give let's tell him how much we love him.
with love for me And I will open up my heart And let the healer set me free I'm happy to be in the truth And I will daily lift my hands For I will always sing of when your love came down I could sing of your love forever 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 Cause I could sing of your love forever Oh come on church I could sing of your love forever I could sing of your love forever I could sing of your love forever oh, I could sing of your
Oh, great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. Oh, this is my confidence. You never fail. Your promise still stands. Oh, great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. Oh, this is my confidence. You never failed me yet. Never failed me yet. You never failed me yet. Never failed me yet. Never failed me yet. Never failed me yet. You're always faithful, Lord. Your promises are yes and amen. Oh. Oh, come on, can we get our hands together in this place this morning? I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I see you do it again. You made a way when there was no Your faithfulness, your faithfulness. 
is my confidence. Can we sing it one more time? Come on, let's sing it like everything in our hearts. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me yet. Oh, you never fail me yet. Oh, I never will forget. You never leave me nor forsake me. No, no. You're working all things out for me. For my good, Jesus. Lord, you're moving mountains, Lord, Lord. It's all about your love. We love you, Jesus. We honor you in this house this morning. There's no place we'd rather be. There's no place we'd rather be. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. And this is my confidence, you never fail. Your promise still stands, great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. Oh, this is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. And I never will forget that you never failed me yet. And I never will forget. That you never fail me yet. Oh, Father, you've never left us. And you never will. You pursue us with a reckless abandon. You pursue us with reckless abandon. Father, if you was willing to send your own son to shed every drop of blood in his body and die a gruesome death, Father, then what else would you stop at? Is there any limits to your love? Is there any limits to what you would do to bring us home to you? Is there any limits, Father, to what you'll do?
And every single word you say And I don't want to miss one word you speak Cause everything you say is life to me And I don't want to miss one word you speak And I hear my heart I'm listening sorrows roll and troubles rage you whisper peace when I don't have the words to say I won't lose hope when storms won't break you keep your word oh and your promises will keep me safe I don't want to one word you speak Cause everything you say is life to me Oh, I don't want to miss one word you speak Quiet my heart, I'm listening oh, Cause I don't want to miss one word you Everything you say is life to me And I don't want to miss one word you speak Quiet my heart and listening When sorrows roll And troubles rage You whisper peace when I don't have the words to say, I won't lose hope. When storms won't break, you keep your word. Oh, and your promises will keep me safe. I don't want to miss one word you speak. is life to me. And I don't want to miss one word you speak Quiet my heart, I'm listening Your ways are higher You know just what I need I trust you, Jesus You see what I cannot see your ways are higher You know just what I need I trust you, Jesus You see what I cannot see Your ways are higher You know just what I need I trust you, Jesus You see what I cannot see one word you speak cause everything you say is life to me and I don't want to miss one word you speak
heart I'm listening Quiet in my heart I'm listening Quiet in my heart Quiet in my heart I'm listening Wanna hear your voice Quiet in my heart I'm listening Father, that you made a way for me. I thank you, my Father, that you redeemed me, that you bought me, you bought me back. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. believe the lie that Satan tries to tell you that you're not, that you can't praise him or you can't worship. Look what you did this week. You can't, you can't glorify him. What you doing? Look what you did. It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Mm, yeah. You speak back to that devil and you just tell him the word says that let everything that has breath breath praise the Lord and if I don't then the rocks are going to cry out and I ain't letting no rock take my place oh you are good you are good you are good you are omnipotent father you're my wonderful king you are you are the great I am oh place father come and fill this place father oh, oh, oh. we make a throne with our praise we make a throne with our worship father come and sit on it and let us bow at your feet and humbly come before you Let the glory end. I'm open. I'm open. Come, come again. Let the glory end. I'm open. I'm open. Come again, let the glory end. I'm open, I'm open. 
glory place we're open we open up our hearts to you fill it up fill it up father God if you just fill a building then it leave it stays here when we leave but father we want you to fill us We want to be filled with your presence, with your spirit, so that everywhere we walk, everywhere we go, your presence is there with us, Lord. Oh, it's not a building you want to fear, it's my heart, this empty space is what you wanted all along. It's not a building you want to fear It's my heart This empty space 
It's what you wanted all along. It's not a building. It's not a building you wanna feel. It's my heart. This empty space is what you wanted all along. It's not a building you wanna feel. It's my heart. This empty space. It's what you wanted all alone So come again Let the glory in I'm open I'm open Come again Let the glory in I'm open I'm open Come again
We are lovers of your presence. We are lovers of your presence. That's all we want to be. And deep inside, you're all that really satisfies. We worship you. Oh, our passions stirring deep. Our passions stirring deep inside. You're all that really satisfies. We worship you. Oh, we worship you. Passion stirring deep inside You're all that really satisfies We worship you Oh, sing it like you mean it Sing it straight to the King Our passion stirring deep inside You're all that really satisfies We worship you Oh, I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. It's all I wanna be. I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. It's all I wanna be. We are lovers of your presence. We are lovers of your presence. We are lovers of your presence. It's all I want to be. made for loving you and I was made for love and I was made for love and I was made for loving you and I was made for love and I was made for love for loving you Cause I was made for love And I was made for love I was made for loving you I'm a lover of your presence I'm a lover of your presence I'm a lover of your presence all I wanna be, I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. It's all I wanna be. Let this be a sacrifice. Let 
me dedicate my life to worship you. Let this be a sacrifice. Let me dedicate my life to worship you. Let this be a sacrifice. Let me dedicate my life to worship you. My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands and thousands. Cause my beloved is the most beautiful among thousands and thousands. Forever, amen. Yours 
chapter 6 verse 2 carry each other's burdens and in this you will fulfill the law of Christ carry each other's burdens bear each other's burdens this morning as we go into a time of prayer we're going to be praying for three things this morning there's an individual that's the family is a regular attender at church they serve they do they're they're a, they're a, they're a core of life church and Randy Hart's father is dealing with stage 4 lung cancer and so we want to carry the burdens to prayer. We want to be a church that, you know what, when there's individuals, when there's family members in our church that are going through things, we want to lift up their burdens. So this morning we're going to petition the throne as if it was our father, as if it was one of our family members. Because this is a, a, a family in the church who we love, we care about, and we are going to storm heaven. But you know, the, the good news is when her father sat down with a doctor and he said, well, how long do I have to live? The doctor said, I can't tell you that, but I can tell you you're not going to die from this. Come on, somebody. Come on. because And we're going to storm the gates of heaven this morning and we're going to pray for Robert Cobbs is his name. We're going to pray for Robert Cobbs this morning. We're also going to pray that God would move in, in, in gifts in our church. And we're also going to pray, ironically, I'd... I'd I uh, put this together before I knew, but for the restoration of families. And you know, I can't share yet, but there's a testimony that I'm going to share in a couple weeks that God is restoring families through our prayer. I got a text message to the text app, and God is doing a powerful work in families. Are you ready to pray this morning? Oh, come on, church. Father, we come before you today, and we pray for the Cobb family. God, we storm the gates of heaven for Robert Cobb this morning. We lift him up, God. This cancer will not be the end. God, he will live and he will not die in the name of Jesus. 
I come against this cancer in the name of Jesus, God. I ask you, Jesus, that you heal this man completely, wholly. That you know what? The doctor proclaimed it. The doctor declared it. But he's going to be mesmerized because, Jesus, you're going to do it. In Amen. Jesus' name, you will get the glory. You will get the victory. You will, you will get it, God. You will get it, God. We thank you, God. We honor you that you're working in this family. We lift up the heart family, the blessing that they are to this church. We thank you, God. We glorify you. We just ask, Lord, that in this time, in this time, you would wrap your loving arms around the Cobb family, around the Hart family, God, as they're walking through these times. They just moved their family home and, and these difficult times. But God, you would be, Holy Spirit, you would lift her up. Holy Spirit, you would anoint them to carry the burdens. God, as a church, we would be people that carry the burdens. Then we would take this to prayer as we're fasting. We're praying daily for our church and our family. God, we're going to lift up the burdens and we'll carry these. Thank you, God. Thank you that you've chosen us to pray. Thank you, Lord. God, we pray for the restoration of families. There's individuals in our church, their homes are broken. The families are broken. They don't speak to each other. There has, there's unforgiveness, God. Search our hearts. Search our hearts and show us our blind spots, oh God. Search our hearts and help us that we can restore, see families restored. Holy Spirit, move. Mend the broken hearts, oh God. Mend the broken hearts, oh God. In the name of Jesus, families that haven't spoken, they're going to reunite. Families that are, that are in discord, they're going to reunite. In Jesus' name, we believe it. God, you're doing it in this day and age. You're restoring families. You desire to see the family unit whole. You desire to see the family unit well. God, strengthen fathers to lead. Strengthen fathers to lead. Strengthen mothers with wisdom. Strengthen mothers with wisdom that, that they can be who you've called them to be, oh God. Father, we worship you this morning because you're doing it, God. You're doing it. We see the hand. We see the sovereign hand of God. We see the fingerprint, and you're doing it, God. And we give you glory for that this morning. We give you glory for that this morning. We lift you up, oh God. We thank you, God. Lord, we ask for the gifts. Lord, we want to see the gifts in our church. We want to be a healthy church that flows in the gifts, God. We want to see people flowing in prophecy. We want to see people baptized with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, God. We want to see healings, signs, and wonders. God, we want to see wonders, Lord. We want to see the wonders like you did in the Red Sea. The Bible says in Exodus that that was a wonder that God did. Well, Lord, we want to see the wonders. We want to see the wonders. We want to see the rivers of heaven flowing in our services. God, we honor you, and we thank you this morning. Jesus, you are so glorious. With your eyes as fire and your hair as white as wool, and your voice as sound like many waters, we worship you because you are powerful enough to do anything, and you're loving enough to do it for me. God, I thank you that you're powerful enough to do anything, and you're loving enough to do it for me. Aren't you glad that he's powerful enough to change your situation, and he cares enough about you to do it for you? Come on, why don't you say amen this morning? Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Lift him up. Don't miss this opportunity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, worship team. Hey, why don't you greet somebody? Give them a high five. Give them a hug. COVID is over. We can hug. We can high five. Tell them hello and make them feel welcome to Life Church this morning.
Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Life Church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Man, that was weak. How are you, church? Good. You look wonderful. You're such a beautiful group of people. We're so glad that you're here. I'm so excited to be with you. If this is your first time, my name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to welcome you to service, man. We're excited you chose to be with us this morning. Everybody watching by live stream, we're so glad you joined us. And if this is your first time, we want to connect with you. So we just ask that you would text the word WELCOME to 337-317-4123. Uh, you'll get an automated Connect card, just fill that out. We can connect with you, and then uh, you can visit the welcome table, and we've got a free gift for you. So we def definitely want to connect with you. We want to get to know you. And that platform has been wonderful in communicating to people and helping people stay in the loop. We're constantly getting prayer requests that actually, just to let you know, we slide down the chain to Pastor Tiger and his intercessors. And so that's getting covered in prayer. And we're seeing God do powerful things. And for our regular attendees, we want, we want you to stay up to date. We want you to be in the know. Come on, somebody. So text the word CONNECT to that same phone number. And we won't send annoying texts. We won't. I promise you've got my word, Pastor Bob's word, because he will shut me down, just to let you know. <laughs> so the, we won't send annoying texts. This is just to keep you in the loop, just so you can know, like our worship night, we sent a text out. Man, we had a phenomenal time in the Lord, right? So just to keep you updated on the coffee ministry, what's going on with that, text the word connect. We want to fill up a role, and we can keep you guys connected. And also, your last opportunity, this is the way we pray for you guys. Text the same word, pray, P-R-A-Y, to that same number, and you'll be sent a link, and you can send in your prayer request. So this is your direct line to the staff at Life Church. We want to stay connected. Sometimes in a church this size, even, believe it or not, you can easily fall through the cracks. You can slip in, slip out, but we want you guys to be connected. We want to streamline information to you so that you can be a part of the mission of God and what he's doing in the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, my wife's coming to the platform right now. She has an announcement that she wants to uh, make. Hi. Okay, so women, we have an event on Saturday. Um, it's on Saturday, January 28th. Uh, Amy Priest will be here. Uh, they are stationed in Germany, and she is going to share missionary stories and have a Q&A. So um, that's it. All right. That's this Saturday. So that just for those of you that maybe you've, you've never seen a calendar, it's this Saturday from 10 to 12. So this Saturday, this Saturday, this Saturday, this Saturday from 10 to 12. Don't miss it. You want to be here and nowhere else. If you're a woman, if you're a woman. Hey, listen, if you're a man, we've got some things coming up this year. I'm meeting with the team right now. We're putting together some men's events. So don't feel left out. Don't feel left out. I'm just saying. Hey, also, I want to announce that February 5th, February 5th coming up, that's a couple Sundays from now, immediately following service, on February 5th, immediately following service, we will have a life group interest meeting. So uh, last semester we did life groups. It was awesome. It was, it was amazing. So many people got connected. So many people got touched from the Lord. And so we'll be uh, answering questions. We'll be giving dates. We'll be giving times. We'll be giving the areas of where the life groups will be hosted. And if you're interested in being a leader, you can also attend that meeting and talk to me as well. Uh, so you want to be there because we'll have snacks. Just saying. February 10th and 11th. This is good for the men. February 10th and 11th. We have the father-son camp out in Indian Creek. So we'll have more information coming to that. That's a couple weeks away. As we get closer, I just wanted you guys to pencil in your dates 
And uh, you, can, you can notice that as well. I realize sometimes with announcements up here, it's like drinking out of a fire hydrant, not just a hose. So what we will start doing, I talked to uh, the staff, we're going to start putting the um, announcements on the welcome table. So anything that I announce here within the month, they'll be at that. You can see the dates. You can see what's going on. But, uh, but it's amazing to be a part of a church that has a lot of things going on. Amen? Hey, also, lastly, immediately following this service, upstairs, we've got a meeting about fine arts. If your kids are interested in fine arts and you, you want to place your kids in that, you want them to be a part of that, immediately following service today, upstairs, we've got a meeting about fine arts. And so with that, I've got a video if you'll turn your attention to the screen. So Abigail, why fine arts? Well... My name is Donna Engvall, and the name of my ministry is Unashamed Love. We're based here in the city of New Orleans, and we reach women who are sex trafficked. We go into some of the darkest places, some of the darkest streets of the city that have been known for prostitution for decades and decades. It's such an honor. We are, Where we go, we meet some really, really tough street girls and that's understandable they survive in a culture that consists of poverty drug boys pimps and sex buyers everybody wants something from them so we go out to them and we bring the love of Jesus and the hope that is only found in Jesus we build relationship with them really strong relationships. Some of our encounters with them are very short because they need to be there out there working when we pull up to them in the street corner. The encounters may be short, but they're so very powerful. What I see time and time again is the strong love of God that's poured out as we have a few minutes with them. If you knew them, you would love them. These girls are amazing. They're survivors. Their destinies are great in God. They faced fear and death. God has great purpose for them. The pimps out there, I didn't know this would happen. I had no clue this would happen. They are some really, really tough guys. And they've gotten to know us. They see us out there. We uh, get to lay hands on them, speak destiny, speak prophetic words over them. There's one guy you would really love him. He's like, Mom, I'm going with you to church one day. There are several of the pimps that call me Mom. How cool is that? The Lord is doing something in their hearts. We also go into the strip clubs of the city. 
Those are some really dark places too. We have relationship with staff members there, with doormen, with bouncers, with house moms. And we get to go into the dressing rooms. And you know what? Holy Spirit shows up. Holy Spirit falls in that place. We were in a club one night and I told the dancer, I said, uh, I believe the Lord wants me to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And she's like, yeah, go right ahead. All the other dancers were listening and watching. And I asked how I could pray. And she said, pray that I have a good night. And I thought, I wonder what she means by that. So I asked her, does that mean that you make the money that you need to pay your rent, to take care of your children? And she said, no, pray that our customers would not be cruel to us. And when she said that, the compassion and the love of Jesus just fell in that dressing room. Holy Spirit swooped down in that dressing room and minister to those dancers. So I want to thank you for your giving. I want to say thank you for your prayers. I am so grateful for you. Bless you and thank you for this time. So good morning. As I mentioned, Ms. Donna is our highlight for this month. However, we support many other missionaries. So this morning, our ushers are going to come up, and if you'd like to give to our missions, um, please raise your hand, and they'll bring an envelope to you. There are other ways that you can give, just like we do our ties. Um, there's the app. If you do use the app, there is a drop-down box, and you just select missions, and it'll go directly to our missions. Thank you. You know, uh, when Naomi contacted me a week or two ago about the video, she said, I, do you think it would offend anyone? I said, I hope so. I said, because the church for too long is hid behind the four walls. And I said, Jesus died at the end of the street where the common person is. And the and, and Bible says that we're light. We have to go where it's dark. Light and light doesn't make any sense. Light and darkness does. And so uh, we, we support a number of, of missions, projects. Donna has spoken here before, and she's right here in New Orleans. We have people in the state that we support. We have people overseas. We have actually projects, organizations, everything, even local from like the Katiana Crisis Pregnancy Center to Love, Inc. to other things. We want to be a missions-giving church supporting not only overseas, but right in our own backyard. How shame on us that if we send every dollar to send missionaries overseas when the, a great mission field is right in our own backyard. And so we, we give every month to that, whether the money is in our account or not. And so God has challenged me Last October, he challenged me, and I told our staff that this year we were going to do above and beyond anything this church has ever done in its history 
for, for giving to missions. And so uh, we are going to begin tithing our regular income, the amount of our income. We're going to tithe to missions. And, we, and, and I believe that as we give to missions, God will give the increase. How many of you know that's a principle? God said, if you sow, you reap. And so we're going to sow and, and increase. We've already picked up another uh, three or four more missionaries. And um, you'll be hearing more about them in the days to come. So I'm excited to see what God is going to do this year. Pastor Josh mentioned Friday night. I just want to tell you, it was awesome. And, and I can't thank the worship team enough for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and those that came and led us in prayer and the ministry that took place three and a half plus hours Friday night. I figured two. I figured, oh, two hours, you know, whatever. No, man, it just kept on going and going. And it just kept building and building. And if you missed it, I'm sorry, but you can watch it online. It's actually online. We recorded it. We finally cut it off about 10.30, I said. And there was still ministry going on up here. We had a group of young people come forward to be baptized in the Holy Ghost uh, that Friday night. And, uh, yeah, there's a hand back there going, he got it. And, uh, yeah, <clears throat> uh, in fact, a couple Sundays ago, if you remember, we had, I had a call, the Lord gave me a word for 20 and unders, remember that? I had a few people come and say, why couldn't it be 22 or 21, you know? I'm like, because God said 20 and under, and uh, God did some miraculous things in some of those young people's lives, but one family, one parent, group of parents came in on Wednesday night. And they just found out that their daughter had been baptized in the Holy Ghost that morning. And she hadn't told them until that Wednesday night. She goes, oh, by the way, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues on that Sunday morning. So God is, has just been awesome and what he's doing. So I'm excited about that. Um, uh, my wife and I weren't here last week. I told the group, Friday night group where we were visiting friends in West Monroe and we were in their church and God gave me a prophetic word for their church. Uh, and, and I shared it Friday night here and it was, it was fitting here. And, um, you know, you think you go, you're just going to go to church, right? How many, can I say you don't just go to church? We are the church. And, and, and when you go, you got to be open to Holy Spirit when he, you know, and I'm like, Lord, you're giving me this word, and, and I'm not the pastor here, you know. I mean, how am I supposed to deliver this? And it was amazing what God did. It really was. Let me make a quick announcement, and then I'm going to get into the word to, today. Um, uh, on March 9th and 10th, it's a Friday and a Saturday, Friday night. And Saturday, there'll be more information coming. But we have um, Pastors Greg and Nancy Davis from South Haven, Mississippi, are coming in for a Forever Love Marriage Conference. And uh, so it's on March 9th and 10th. It'll be Friday evening for a couple of hours. And then Saturday, probably for like from 9 to 3, 8.30 to 3, something like that. And then Pastor Greg will be ministering on Sunday morning. Now, I've told him, I said, I want you to minister however God leads you. But when I met him uh, some months ago, uh, let me just tell you a little bit about this couple. Um, uh, 
he, he's written a book called um, Standing Strong in the Storm, and there's a, there's a byline after that. I don't remember what it is. But anyway, um, uh, uh, they struggled for eight years with infertility and eventually, had, and, and eventually had a son. They came back to visit the, the baby in the hospital. Or he came back to visit the baby in the hospital and found their child was gone, had been rushed to surgery. And uh, the short of it was that um, he, he went, underwent several coronary procedures, including six open heart surgeries. Nancy um, battled an autoimmune disease that almost took her life. Their newly adopted daughter, they adopted a daughter from China. A month after they got her, um, she was diagnosed with brain cancer and to told that she would not live. She's alive and has graduated. Greg suffered a heart attack and two brain aneurysms. All the while, they're trying to pastor a church. And so he's written, they've written a book called Standing Strong in the Storm. And I'm telling you, you know, just listening to his bio, their, their bio, if you came in thinking you had problems this morning, you ain't got nothing on them, I'm telling you. And, and the testimony is powerful. So uh, it's going to be a power weekend. We're going to, you know, I wanted to do something for marriages. And, and, and we've been praying for marriages and healthy families. I said, if we can have healthy marriages, then we can have healthy homes and healthy families and a strong church. So they have, they have this, uh, I love their podcast. I think it's called a bald man podcast. <laughs> and they, it's about forever love ministries. And, and they're always talking about different things about marriage and stuff. So they're going to be coming on March 9th and 10th. And then he'll be ministering on the 11th. So it's like something to be excited about. And then I was just contacted by Dr. Sampabwe that is wanting to come. He wanted to come on Mother's Day. I said, brother, I love you, but there ain't no way I'm putting you in front of mamas. <laughs> you know, I mean, because mom, I just know how people are, you know. And so he's given me another date in May, and we're going to see if we can work all that out. So we may have another announcement for you about that, you know. So we're excited about it. And um, uh, so anyway, I, I want to minister this morning on a message that's probably not going to excite you a lot. Hey, Justin, can you put me over on where I need to be? And yeah, they can give, but that's all right. Uh, and it's called When You Fast. We're in the middle of a two-week fast. And as you know, we, when we talked about fasting, we did not say what determines the fast. You know, um, I know people who say, well, I'm just going to fast and not watch my favorite TV show. That's not biblical fasting. I'm sorry, you can do that, but that it probably would help, you know, but that's not biblical fasting. Fasting is doing without food. Uh, there are different types of fasting. Um, you know, some people have medical conditions. Uh, maybe you take medication that must be taken with food. So you do that, you know, however you do it. It doesn't matter. We left that up to you. There is no guilt or condemnation or anything like that if you don't fast a certain way. But I want to talk to you about fasting and, 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 and tying it in with faith. I've been talking about faith since the first of the year. And it, it hasn't been intentional, but it just seems that's where the Holy Spirit keeps going. Uh, many of you younger people in here don't know 
a lot of church history, but I will tell you something, and that is that in the late 1940s, there was a group of Christians that gathered together in San Diego from different denominations. They came from different denominations to hear teaching uh, about the, the, um, the teaching of Jesus Christ concerning prayer and fasting. And the individual at the center of this, was his name was Franklin Hall. He was an evangelist. He had his roots in the Assemblies of God and then other organizations afterwards. Many Christians, after hearing this teaching on prayer and fasting, they entered into consecrated fasts. In other words, they were dedicated fasts. They were, they were fast, not just, hey, I'm fasting like general, but they were specific, uh, they were targeted fasting, if I can put it that way, because they were burdened to see a spiritual move of God, not only in their lives and their churches, but in the world. And God began to manifest um, miracles of healing in Jesus' name. Just, I took one little paragraph of a report about that, and they said demons were cast out, lunatics healed, cancers disappeared, the blind saw, crippled walked, stomach ulcers disappeared, palsy was quieted, tuberculosis healed, asthma, bronchitis, smoking and drinking habits were given up, and many more sicknesses vanished. And in the auditorium where they met, they said a reporter wrote that year that over 1,000 people converted and gave their lives to Jesus Christ over the next year. And it was in the midst of this prayer fasting revivals that they wrote a book and it was called Atomic Power with God Through Fasting and Prayer. You can find copies of it online today. Um, uh, I act, you can actually find uh, uh, online PDF copies of it and download it. That's how I found it probably almost 18 years ago and began reading it. I was challenged by the things that I read and not only that, the testimonies that began to come in. And, and so uh, when they put this little booklet together, you can see it's nothing that really fancy. This is from 1946. Um, there was immediate, they needed 5,000 immediate copies, and they didn't have the money, but God provided. And the books began to go out, and people began sending them to people all over the country, and, and, and eventually began to, uh, it, they went overseas. And as people read it and heard about the, this prayer and fasting together, uh, people began fasting in Los Angeles and Southern California. Then it spread throughout the West, and then it went north into Canada. Fasting meetings uh, sprang up in towns and cities all across America. Fasting meetings. I mean, that's, they came together fasting and in prayer. There was such a soul hunger and travail uh, for a move of God that God answered and responded by uh, opening the windows of heaven and pouring out his spirit in powerful way. Thousands of testimonies, thousands, literally began to come in. Now remember, this is in the day where the only way they could find out is if someone called or they wrote a letter, put a stamp on it and mailed it. Okay, and thousands were coming in verifying 
the power of prayer and fasting together. They testified of all kinds of remarkable answers to prayer. And even a statement was made, and, and I'm going to say this to you, and I want you to hear what I'm saying here, that the, that the fasting type of prayer, they said, was even more effectual than ordinary prayer. Okay? Now, stay with me a little bit, because some of this may, may seem a little strange, but I, I want to try and convey some, some things to you about this. Franklin Hall actually ended up launching fasting and prayer revivals all across the United States and auditoriums. They had crowds that ranged from a thousand people to as many as 14,000 people coming together to fast and pray. Imagine today trying to advertise something like that. Come together, we're going to not eat. Nobody's coming to that conference, right? I mean, today they want to know who the speakers are and the luxury suites and, you know, all of the meals and, and, and catering and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but they began fasting and praying, believing for a worldwide revival. And, and what history shows us is that this, this, this wave of fasting and praying preceded and was the prelude to the major evangelistic healing and tent meetings that began in the early 1950s, okay? Now, if you know anything about that, that, that was about the time that, that people like Oral Roberts and A. Allen and all these others began having huge tent meetings and great revival meetings and healings and and and. and this was happening all across America, but it was the result, I'm convinced, it was the result of the plowing of the ground by the fasting and praying movement that swept across our nation. And I could sit here and just talk about that movement all morning long. But that's not my intent. I'm just trying to make you aware of the fact that this is something that is real and it's genuine and it is a part of our history. And, and the reason that I want you to understand what God has done in the past is because the same God serves today and he has not changed. The God of yesterday is the God of today and will be the God of tomorrow. But God has not changed. And therefore, our prayer should be from Habakkuk chapter 3. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. I don't want us here in 1946. This is what took place. Or 1952, this is what took place. I want to hear in 2000. 23 this is what happened when God showed up but we need to understand that there's there's a, that prayer slash fasting tied together is a key component in fact the, it's a key to effective praying fasting is a key to effective praying and it's found throughout the Old Testament. It's found throughout the New Testament. But most modern-day Christians are unaware of it. Now, let me just say this. In, in, in what? In a month's time, the, 
the Christendom world, if I can put it that way, Christian world, goes into a, series, a, a, a season they call Lent. Okay? And so for 40 days, you do without something kind of thing, you know? Which, don't even get me started on that because that's a whole different thing. Because let me just put it to you. The idea of Lent being a set period of time that you give up something, no. That whole concept is false. It is a lifestyle. We are called to live a life of sacrifice, a life of giving, a life of putting things on the altar. The idea that the day before you start giving up things to God, you go out and sow to the flesh. That is a devil doctrine. I'm just sorry, it is. And I know in South Louisiana that ain't, that ain't a happy thing, but I'm just telling you something. It's not... It's not God. You, go, you don't go out and do everything in the flesh and then the next day go ask God to forgive you and give up something for 40 days and then turn around and do it again later. I'm getting off topic. I, I really need to get away from that. <laughs> but here's what I want you to understand. That prayer and fasting are directly linked together. Now, here's the thing. Right now, all across America, there are churches that are doing dedicated fast. In fact, I had a man in this town come tell me and several other pastors, I'd like to treat y'all to a meal at a fancy steakhouse here in town. And we said, well, there's only one problem. We're fasting on the dates that you want. And another pastor said, well, we're fasting the week before those two weeks. They're fasting. And another church said, we're fasting the week and a half after that week we're fasting. And he goes, well, I guess I can't take you all to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Can I tell you when, you, when you decide to consecrate a fast, you'll get invited to the nicest place in town. <laughs> just telling you. <laughs> I, just, I remember Josh telling that story a few weeks ago on the job. He was fasting, and his boss decided to cook steaks for everybody. And that man's a steak lover right there. And they were all saying, come on, you can eat, you can eat. He's like, I'm oh! You know, I mean, I, I mean, the minute you decide to fast, somebody's going to invite you to lunch. And you know what? The devil will be sitting right there going, you know, the Lord wouldn't mind you going. This will be an opportunity to witness to that person. <laughs> yeah, I'm just telling you, that's the way it is. But anyway, praying and fasting are linked. And that's what I want to show you this morning. We're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 17, begin with verse 14. It says, and when they came to the crowd... A man came to him, speaking Jesus, and knelt before him saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Then Jesus answered, O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and he came out. And the child was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately, naturally, didn't want to look bad in public, and said, why could we not cast them out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. 
For truly I say to you, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing, say nothing, nothing will be impossible for God. What does it say? Nothing will be impossible for you. And the last verse says, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So let's, let's look back just a little bit. If, if you go back into Matthew 6 to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about a number of things, but he says this in chapter 6 and verse 2 through 4. He says, when you give, this is, don't give this way, give this way. In other words, he, he, he starts with the next. Don't give like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the hypocrites. He said, this is how you give. And then he goes, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites do, the Pharisees, the religious people. This is how you pray. And he goes, and when you fast, don't fast like the hypocrites do and, the, and religious people, but this is how you fast. And so the point is simply this, that Jesus says, when you give, not if you give, when you pray, not if you pray. And when you fast, not if you fast. So the, the implication is that Jesus expects us to do, the, to do these things. And so when he puts praying and fasting together, he's, 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 if I can put it this way, he's putting them on the same level. In other words, not one over the other, but that they are all linked together, okay? John Wesley, who was the founder of the Wesleyan Church the, and, the, and the Methodist Church, he came to the same conclusion that prayer and fasting were linked together. And, and uh, he, he said basically this. He said, I, I am persuaded that if a Christian has understood the need to fast and does not practice fasting, he will backslide just as surely as a Christian that understands they need to pray and does not pray. Now that's a powerful statement. Well, how many of you think that if you're a Christian, you should pray? I mean, praying is not a, 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 an obligation or duty. It's communicating. It's a relationship. It's talk. And imagine saying, well, me and my wife, we... We're married, but we don't talk to each other. Yeah, right. That ain't going to last long. Come on now. Well, so he's saying that as much as a Christian knows that they need to pray, if they don't pray, they're going to backslide. John Wesley said, if they know they're supposed to fast and they don't fast, that too will cause them to backslide. I know he said this is so key. In fact, I looked it up and I found this, that he would not ordain anyone to the Methodist church as a minister unless they were willing to commit themselves to fast every Wednesday and Friday until 4 p.m. It was a requirement to be ordained in the Methodist church in, in, in John Wesley's day. Today, that's a different story. I'm not going to go there. But fasting and praying are joined together. And when they're joined together, something exponentially takes place. There's an exponential factor that is introduced into the realm of faith. 
And so I want to go back at this story that we read and just break it down real quick and look at a few things, and then let's bring an application to it. The first thing is, and Pastor Josh taught on this a few Wednesday nights ago. He brought out some of these points too. So you're getting like boom, boom, both barrels and a shotgun, man. But the first thing is the disciples had previously healed the sick and cast out demons. Okay, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends out the 70, not just the 12, he sends out 70, and he orders them to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. In fact, let's look at three verses here. Luke chapter 10, verse 1, says, After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them two by two ahead of him into every city and place where he himself was about to come. So, in other words, Jesus is about to come and, and preach uh, as they hold a tent meeting, so to speak, you know. So he's sending the advance teams out ahead of time, declaring that he's coming, and he's he, they're preaching and declaring what he's going to be declaring. They're kind of paving the way, okay? They're like vocal posters that they're posting on the telephone poles of, of the towns they go to, okay? And it says, and then it goes to verse 9, it says, and he tells them, heal the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And then in verse 17, it says, And the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us through your name. So he sends them out, says, Declare that the kingdom of God is at hand. And when they come back, they're so excited, they're going, Not only did healings take place, not only did people receive the word, Demons were subject to us in your name, Lord, okay? So the, the, it, this clearly shows that, these, this, that the disciples, they were among the 70, the disciples had experience in the realm of seeing the sick healed and demons cast out. And yet we see this verse when he's, the man says, I brought them to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Speaking of his boy. Okay, I can only imagine what took place among the disciples, one after another. Now, picture this. Maybe you don't read your Bibles like this, but I do, because these are human beings. Let's, let's take the halos off, right? I mean, they've cast out demons. They've healed the sick. So they bring the boy, and I don't know which one started first. So I got this. Jesus' name, come out. And the boy's having a seizure. He's falling on the ground. It's not working. And I know how guys are. You're doing it wrong. Get out of the way. <laughs> Me, I show you how. And then they try. Yeah, 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 you ain't that. Get out. And, and, and they probably went through the whole line of them. You know, and they're bickering among themselves. You, you said it wrong. You did it wrong. Man, I got a different idea what you ought to do. Move, let me do it. Let me show you how. And, and, and the, the bottom line is that no matter what, none of them could heal the boy. Okay? The second thing is that Jesus does what the disciples could not do. In verse 18, Jesus rebuked the demon and he came out of him and the child was healed instantly. Now notice something. Jesus didn't fret about this. I, I brought him to your disciples and they tried to cast, they, they couldn't do anything. Jesus didn't go, oh. 
Or he didn't turn to them and go, did you, did you follow the directions I gave you? Or he didn't say, what did you try so I don't make the same mistake, you know, or do the same thing? No, I mean, he didn't do any of that. I mean, he just, he, he just simply rebuked the demon. Now, what we need to do is look at that because it was more than just a disease. It was a demon that was behind this situation, okay? And the Bible says, and the child was healed instantly, okay? The third thing is, the disciples came to Jesus privately and asked why they failed. Verse 19 says, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast them out? They had cast out demons before with great success. They'd even had a celebration party when they came back in Luke 10. And they all said the same thing. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. That they had cast out demons before with success, and they wanted to know what made a difference this time. Okay? And Jesus gives them the answer in verse 20. He said, because of your unbelief. Now, this is where I want to kind of focus in on. In fact, Jesus gives us a clue, actually, earlier in verse 17, 17, when he chides the crowd, including the nine disciples that were part of the crowd. And I say nine, because where did Jesus just come down from? The Mount Transfiguration. And he had three of them up there with him, right? Peter, James, and John. And, and, and I can imagine, I don't know what happened. I don't know what Peter probably thought, y'all needed us, that's why you couldn't do it. <laughs> you know, because Peter was always putting his foot in his mouth, right? <laughs> you know, so I don't know, Jesus might have let him, I don't know what happened. But he, he rebukes the people, and, and, he, and he tells them, look what he says in verse 17. He says, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Now, what's interesting is over in Mark chapter 9, we have the same story recorded. Mark introduces and adds a little bit more to give us a fuller understanding of what goes out. And he points out that the boy has suffered in this manner since early childhood. Now, I don't, you, I don't know about you, but... Just in the natural, if you brought somebody, you know, brought your child to me and said, he, suddenly he started having seizures, and, you, and I say, well, when did this start? And you say, well, it started last week. I'm thinking of something that just happened. But Mark says he's had this since he was a young child. So years have gone by. So I don't know if the disciples, um, uh, if, if, if they suffered doubt because nothing happened when they spoke in the name of Jesus, or they, like maybe this is something different because he's had it for so long, you know. Um, maybe their faith was weakened when they didn't see the results that they had witnessed in the past. Uh, were they influenced by the division among themselves? I mean, I don't know. It doesn't say that, but Jesus simply says the problem was that they lacked the faith to deal with this situation. And the, so the fourth thing is that Jesus reveals the answer to their lack of faith. 
Look in verse 20 and 21. For truly I say unto you, if you turn to your neighbor and go, that means you. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, how many of you ever seen a mustard seed? It is so small, you'd, if you dropped it, you probably wouldn't be able to find it, okay? He says, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will be moved and nothing will be impossible for you. But verse 21 says, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now we're gonna come back to that verse in just a moment because I, I want to eradicate some misnomers about the way people have taken that verse. But let's just stick with where we are right now to begin with. Jesus is telling them that it's not the amount of faith that is required, it's the kind of faith that is necessary. Okay? Because there are people out there that tell you, your faith's not strong enough. You need to build your strength. Your faith, your faith, your faith. Everything is faith. They have faith and faith. We're not called to have faith and faith. We're called to have faith in Christ and faith in his word and faith in what it says. I mean, we're to have that belief, that trust, that confidence, okay? So he says, if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and it will be. So it's not the amount of faith, it's the kind of faith. And so when I was praying this week about it, I'm like, Lord, help me break this down real easy. Because I don't want to be complicated. I've had like five people tell me in the last month, your, your sermons are up here over people's heads. And I said, I, I try... I'm sorry, no, I want them down here where we are. I said, I always try and break it down where we live. And, and boy, the enemy beat me up over that for a few weeks. But I said, you know what? I said, I don't believe that. I said, because I, I, I believe that I want to make this simple, right down to earth. So I prayed this week, we were, we're fasting. I said, Lord, what is the necessary kind of faith? And Holy Spirit said, you need absolute faith. I said, absolute faith. What is absolute faith? So I looked up the word absolute. If I got to have that kind of faith, what is it? It means total, complete, outright, unqualified, unadulterated, utter, unconditional, unmodified, firm, fixed, unmovable, and look, the list went on. I just said, that's enough for me. I need that kind of faith. I need that total, complete, unmovable, outright, unadulterated, unconditional, unmodified, firm, fixed, unmovable faith. That's the kind of faith I want. And he says that that kind of faith comes by prayer and fasting. In other words, it's prayer that's embedded with fasting. All right? Let me, let me, let me tear this apart, deconstruct it a little bit. Real, real simple here. 
Because I can pray without fasting and it be powerful. Because it's in the name of Jesus. Right? So I can pray without fasting and it be powerful. Because I'm not saying you can't be powerful unless you're fasting all the time. I'm not saying that. You can fast without praying. What? Well, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he said, I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. In other words, I can fast. Why? Because what, what is fasting? It is the spirit man, the spirit person inside of us taking authority over the flesh. And the soul, the soul is the mind, the will, and emotions. How many of you had bad thoughts? <laughs> Come on now. How many of you, your will's wanting to go this way, and you know God's pulling you this way? How many of you, your emotions told you stay home and stay in bed this morning? <laughs> I don't feel like going. I mean, David, David wrote in the Psalms, he said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And the soul's... The mind, will, and emotion goes, I don't feel like blessing the Lord. Huh. It's Monday. I hate Mondays. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. I don't want to. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. And he goes on and lists the reasons why. What's going on? There's a tug of war going on inside and in his emotions, okay? So I can fast. I can fast without praying. I can go without eating and not necessarily have to be on my knees praying. So I can pray without fasting. I can fast without praying because I'm the spirit man. When you, when you say, we're doing without lunch today. And the boss comes in and goes, my treat, taking y'all out to Fizos. <laughs> You're going, well, I'll pass. And, and, and uh, you know, and they go, why are you unsociable? Just tell them, I'm fasting to the Lord. I'm telling you, they'll leave you alone. <laughs> they, they'll, clear, they'll either ask, what is that? Or they'll, they'll leave you alone. They'll like, whoo, you know, and they'll just like, come on, guys, let's go. They're out the door. I mean, we, you're, what you're doing is your spirit person is taking authority over the will King's stomach, taking authority over it, the flesh, and going, no, we're spending the 30 minutes for lunch in prayer and in the word. We're disciplining our spirit. It's like going to the gym for the first time. Look, you don't go into the gym and snatch 350 pounds the first time. The only thing going to be snatched is you. You're going to be on the ground. You know, you might get 35 pounds, you know, really. I mean, but what you're doing is you're building up the spirit man inside of you by fasting and bringing it under subjection. But when we take the time to fast and pray together, it builds our faith. It builds it. Because the focus of building our faith is on our relationship with Jesus. I'm not doing it because, well, Pastor Bob finds out I'm eating. Oh, dear, he'll tell everybody in the church I'm eating. Go eat. If, that, if that's your worry, 
<laughs> I'm serious. You know what we do? We fast because, Lord, we're saying, I love you more than food itself. In South Louisiana, that's a big statement. Come on now. I mean, oh, Jesus, I love you more. I, I, I won't even describe what I was just thinking in my mind. <laughs> I love you more, Lord. It cements, if I can use that word, it cements in whom we have believed. Matthew 17, 21 is one of the most misunderstood, misused verses in the Bible. And it says, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. If you don't agree with me, you got to love me anyway. Okay, I love you. But I'm just going to tell you, many people interpret this verse that there are some demons that are so powerful that you have to go into a time of fasting to overcome it. And I'm just going to give you five reasons why I believe that is a false teaching. First of all, there's no demon nor Satan himself that is more powerful than Jesus Christ. Every knee shall bow. It says that the name of Jesus, demons tremble. Okay? The second thing is, Jesus defeated Satan himself on the cross and through his resurrection. The third thing is that Jesus stated all authority in heaven and on earth had been given unto him. The fourth thing is Jesus conferred that authority upon his church through his name. And the last thing is to imply that some demons are so strong that a Christian must stop and go and pray and fast to defeat it is basically declaring the word of God to be untrue. Remember what Jesus said? He said, he said you're because of your unbelief that he wants us to have absolute faith. And that means that the point Jesus is trying to make that we have absolute rock-solid faith to be established in the believer. Look, a fireman down the street. We got a firehouse right down the street. They, they train constantly so that when that alarm goes off, they're ready to respond. They don't sit around watching TV and pigging out on popcorn and everything else for like a month and a half or two months. And then when a fire alarm goes off, they go, oh, give us three days so we can get back in shape and train. Well, we're not ready to answer the alarm yet. They're on, they're on call. They're ready. The church for too long has been sitting around pigging out on, on junk food, spiritual junk food for so long. They're not ready. And when a demon comes along, they, they run and go, Aah! I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen people manifest demonic presence and people run for the back of the church. I was in a church one time when that happened. This man came running down the aisle, began to manifest the demon inside of him, and I watched the ushers lead the way to the back. 
They were like, let's usher. And they had everybody in the back. They literally got under the pews in the back. And, and my mentor, my pastor, he come down. He grabbed his big old Bible. He said, you devil in the name of Jesus. And he put it on top. That guy hit the ground. He put that Bible on his chest. And he said, somebody get down here and help me cast this devil out. That's what he did. See, you've got to be prayed up, fasted up rock solid in your faith that when the alarm bell sounds, you're ready to answer the call. Come on now. And this is why some Christians don't understand. You can't play with one foot in the world. Play footsie with the devil. And then on Sunday, run over here and play footsie with God. Uh-uh. What happened to the seven sons of Sceva in the Bible? They said they came to a man they knew was demon-possessed, and they said, we adjure you by the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, come out, and the demon spoke. That in itself would clear out most churches today. Well, I don't know if it would, because most churches wouldn't recognize the devil's voice. Because they wouldn't recognize the voice of God. But I'm meddling but I'm feeling it. <laughs> and, and the demon spoke and said, Jesus we know, and Paul we know, but who are you? And it says that one man jumped on the seven men and beat them to an inch of their life. And it says they went running naked because the demonized man knew that they didn't stand right with God. And I imagine the headlines the next morning in the Jerusalem Post. Seven streaking evangelists running through the city of Jerusalem. Yeah. <laughs> David Rushworth Smith wrote a book years ago called Fasting, A Neglected Discipline. And here's just one quote from there. He said, fasting does not create faith, for faith grows in us as we hear, read, and dwell upon God's word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's what the Bible says. He said, it is a work of the Holy Spirit to bring faith to God's people. We, to each is given a measure of faith, the Bible says. We have that. He says, however, fasting has the capacity to encourage faith in the one who is involved in this discipline. It seems as though the neglect of self feeds the faith which God has implanted in the hearts of born-again believers. This doesn't mean that those who eat the least have the most faith. Such a view is not only untrue, it is extremist. But look at this. It is simply that regular self-denial has its benefits. And one of these is seen in a personal increase in faith. See, fasting and Prayer 
as a regular part of our life will increase, build upon, strengthen, solidify our faith in whom we have believed. Let's go back to this last few verses again. I'm going to wrap this up. Verse 17. And Jesus answered, O faithless and perverse generation, how, shall, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and he came out of him and the child was healed instantly. And the disciples came to Jesus privately saying, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus told them, because of your unbelief. When the disciples came to Jesus and asked them why, Jesus told them it was because of your unbelief. You know, many people today would probably try and tell you it's because of your unbelief that you couldn't receive from God. But that's not what Jesus said about the disciples. He said the reason that that child was not set free was due to your unbelief. And, and, and here's the thing. You and I have the same problem today. Come on now. We want to see God's power manifested in miraculous way in our lives. We want to experience his supernatural power, but we too can have moments or areas of unbelief. We can be filled with belief for one thing and all the while filled with unbelief for something else. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in other people's lives. It's like, this is an absolute. This, I'm not sure. And when you're divided like that, the enemy knows. Jesus remarked that the problem of the boy wasn't the demon. He said it was your unbelief that was the problem. Your unbelief, the demon or the problem or whatever it is, he's, that is just the outcropping of your unbelief. That, that, it, do you understand what I'm saying there? He, he, the first thing Jesus said, you faithless and perverse generation. He identified the very root being unbelief. Uh, Stovall Weems in a book called Awakening, he said this, he said, by faithless, he meant they were too disconnected from God and perverse meant instead that they were too connected to the world. We still have the same problem today. When we're too disconnected from God and too connected to the world and its distractions, the result is always unbelief. Come on now. You know that's true. And see what fasting does is it disconnects us from the world. Why? Because we're now operating in a spiritual discipline. We're operating in a spiritual truth, a spiritual manner. When we say, no, I'm not eating lunch today, or no, I'm not eating breakfast and lunch, or no, I'm not eating for three days, or whatever it is you come up with, I know I'm only doing this. Whatever the discipline is, you're operating in a spiritual realm. You're living it out in the flesh, but you're being dictated by spiritual principles. And if you're connected to the world, fasting is a fast way, pardon the pun, to, be, to disconnect from it. 
So how do we fix it? With prayer and fasting. Jesus told his disciples to fast and pray. He says, Weems said, because, we're, because both are necessary, because prayer connects us to God and fasting disconnects us from the world. How many of you have struggled? And be honest. You don't have to raise your hand. Just be honest with yourself. You struggled in times of prayer and being distracted. Amen. Come on now. I'm telling you, you go to prayer or reading the word and you will remember everything you for, forgot that you were supposed to do yesterday. <laughs> Years ago, I learned the trick. I take two notebooks with my Bible reading. One of them is nuggets of truth that God drops in my heart. And the other one is a reminder list. Because the minute I get into praying and meditating on the word, oh, you forgot to call Pastor Josh back yesterday. Call Pastor Josh. Then I go back to studying. He said, well, don't you forget, so-and-so is going in the hospital tomorrow. You write that down. You know, and you know what I found out is after a while, the devil figures out he's not going to distract. Because here's the way I, I, I go. Oh. I need to go back and call Pastor Josh while I'm thinking about it. And then I'll get up and go, and I never come back. Because distractions. But when we're fasting and praying, I'm telling you, something happens in the discipline and in your mind and in your spirit. All of a sudden, the spiritual person inside of you begins to connect with God. And when you connect with God, you're disconnecting from the world. I remember the first time I was a kid and went to Carlsbad Caverns and they told me that there were two kinds of things that you find there. They have stalagmites and stalactites. Anybody ever study that in school? Do you remember the difference? They're made by the same process. You know, whether it's limestone or whatever, dripping down, whatever. And the, the stalagmites go from the bottom to the ceiling and the stalactites start at the top going down. And the principle was that the stalagmites are called that because they might reach the ceiling and they might not. But the stalactites, if they continually drip, they will eventually reach the ground. I remember that. I hadn't forgot that since I was eight years old, seven years old. And, 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 and when I was praying and the Holy Spirit said, he said, we got too many people in the church that are stalagmites. And not enough stalactites. I'm like, God, what are you talking about? He said, they get in my word for a little while. They pray for a little while. They go to church for a little while. And they think that somehow that's going to do it. He said, then they fall away. He said, they're not going to get to where I want them to be. He said, but if you'll tie into me. And every single day you, you tie into God. He said, he said, you will, you will eventually become anchored and solid and one piece and made whole. I said, Lord, I don't want to be a, a spiritual stalagmite. Might be what you want. Might feel, fulfill what you call me to be. That's not it. See, prayer and fasting together bring us into position of submission to God and cooperation with God. It's, it's being in position 
and cooperating. A lifestyle of fasting and prayer causes us to walk in agreement with God so that Matthew 6, 9, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Most Christians pray that in a wishful, hopeful way. It's not a hopeful thing. It's a declaration. God, your will be done as it already is in heaven. Let it be done here on earth. I declare it to be. See, fasting isn't for God. Fasting isn't to change God. Or fasting isn't to get something for God. Fasting is for us. We need to fast to pursue 100% what God wants so that we can come into agreement with his will and his heart and his mind. It's his kingdom come. And his will be done, not our kingdom come and our will. And when we fast, the first thing that comes out is not the demon or the problem, it's the unbelief. I'm just telling you, fasting deals with the root cause of unbelief. Because that demon or that or problem or situation, whatever it is, that is a byproduct of unbelief. It's there because the, the faith to speak to it, to get rid of it, to believe that it'll be gone, is not there. God's kingdom power starts to manifest in the earth when we get to a point where, as Jesus stated, you can speak to that mountain and it will be moved. Fasting is not getting what we want from God. It's about finding out what God is doing on earth and cooperating with him. I'm going to stop. I have more. I'm going to stop, but I'm going to tell you I just felt impressed to tell you this story. I'm going to stop. I'm going to say the rest of it. There's, guys, there's, the, there's another whole message in there. <clears throat> I came to Christ as a teenager. February 28, 1970. And my mama, I'm the oldest of seven siblings. Some of them are watching by way of the internet right now. But my mama gave her life to God and within about six, seven, eight months her seven kids came to Christ but during that time my father had walked out and left left us for somebody else and he filed for divorce in the state of California there was a six month waiting period for divorce he had to wait six months before it could be finalized somewhere around the fourth or fifth month that my mom met a church of God lady who led her to the Lord and uh, that lady was instrumental in my early walk in Pentecost I'll never forget the day I was sitting at the counter she'd come two or three times a week and had Bible study with my mom and I was sitting there at the counter eating a tuna fish sandwich and she walked past me and stopped at the door she's walking out and said Jesus can heal you 
and then she walked out the door. I like to choked on that sandwich. Because see, I had just been diagnosed that my spine was like this. And I was facing paralysis. I had to give up everything in my life. Every sport, everything. I was in severe pain. So when she sits there and tells me Jesus can heal me, that got my attention. Anyway, I came to the Lord. All my, my siblings came to the Lord. And about a week before the divorce was to be finalized, my mom heard about the power of fasting. But she didn't tell us. My mom was hypoglycemic. She, going just a few hours without nibbling on something caused her blood sugar to drop so low. She went on a fast, a dedicated, consecrated fast. She said, God, I do not believe it is your will that this marriage be broken up. I am going to fast. I remember about 14, 15 hours after she had gone into the fast, she was in bed and I didn't know what was wrong with her. She couldn't hardly move. Her blood sugar was so low. And, um, she said, um, I'm fasting, Bob. I didn't know what that was. I said, Mama, what you need? She said, just pray for me. I remember kneeling down next to her bed. I didn't know how to pray. I just prayed on the Holy Ghost. I was newly baptized in the Holy Ghost. I just prayed in tongues. Because my Bible told me that when I don't know how to pray, the Spirit of God, who knows the mind of the Father, He prays according to the will of God. I was praying like the Holy Ghost. After a little over 18 hours, she said, I can't go anymore. She said, help me get up. And I remember helping her to the kitchen. And she was sitting on that stool, the same stool I sat on when that lady pointed at me. Hey, get me some crackers. I remember I got some saltine crackers and she bit into them and she began to just nibble on them. And, and I got her some juice. my dad was in the military high ranking officer in the military no nonsense kind of guy got a degree in psychology look when he gave a command you didn't say why you just saluted and clicked your heels and did it he came home from work not knowing my mom was on a fast came home from work had a he was renting a garage apartment over a garage. You know what I'm talking about? Put down his stuff. And when he 
turned around standing in the room his words was Satan saw him with his physical eyes he said I've come for you tonight he screamed out backed up and in that moment an angel came and stood between him and that that devil and said Over the next several hours, while he sat in the corner of the room in a fetal position, a high-ranking officer in the military, in the fetal position, crying and screaming, he said he watched as this angel and this Satan fought in his room. The people outside could hear him screaming. They were too scared to come upstairs to find out what was going on. I don't know how long it went on, but it went on for a good while. We learned afterwards, it was at the moment that my mom broke the fast that the angel said, enough, it's done, leave now. And that devil left. And the angel turned to my dad and said, it's time to go home. this 15 year old boy that was a very impressionable moment I'm just learning about Jesus and all of a sudden this is like science fiction stuff my dad came home that night and I believe it was through the power of that consecrated fast and pray see some people think well it's got to be a 40 day fast or a 21 day fast or can I tell you what is your motivation in the fast what is your purpose is it consecrated is it dedicated to because I'm telling you we can fast and pray for just in general but I'm telling you there is when you consecrate a fast all this week I've been praying for a specific individual to be healed and delivered because I told that person this week I will fast for you I'm fasting for a breakthrough for you to be healed and delivered and set free from the torment in your life I believe in consecrated fast. You say, well, Pastor, what do you expect from us? I don't expect anything, but I'm telling you what the Word of God says. And I believe that you can take this next week to another level. Consecrate your fast this week. What has God put on your heart? What is it you need to be set free from? What is it that you know someone needs to be set free from? What is it? You say, do, do we have that? My mama prayed, not that she be set free, that my dad would be set free. 
many a time she prayed for her kids God showed up hard rebellious hearted kids that once knew God and turned away and God showed up and melted their hearts and brought them back to Jesus I'm just telling you don't underestimate the power of fasting and prayer put them together consecrate the fast dedicate it target it sitting here today and you don't even have a relationship with God you need to consecrate your life and give it to Jesus you need to surrender to him because I'm telling you all the good things that God can do he can't do them until you surrender your life to him the Bible says you must believe that he is the son of God that he was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, was in the tomb for three days, was raised from the dead, and is now sitting at the right hand of the Father. If you believe that in your heart and confess that with your mouth, the Bible says you shall be saved. And in that moment, God comes into your life and he brings a change. I'm telling you, he doesn't come in so you can stay the same. Just get ready. He's going to turn your life inside out, upside down and backwards. But when he gets done, it's going to be done right. I'm just telling you, it's all. I surrender all. That's the mantra. That's the song of every Christian. I surrender all. If you're here this morning, I'm not going to embarrass you, but if you're here and say, Pastor Bob, I want to surrender my whole life to Jesus this morning. Will you pray with me? Would you raise your hand up high so I know who I'm praying with? I want to surrender all to Jesus. I've never surrendered my life. I want to surrender all to Him. Anyone at all. Because I don't know everybody. I don't know where you stand with God. Okay. And I trust that you have a relationship with God. Then I'm going to ask you, how many of you are ready to get serious in this fasting and praying and consecrate and focus and build that faith? You want to be on call 24-7 when Holy Spirit calls. Peter and John went to pray as it was their custom. And there was a man there sitting by the gate, beautiful. He was asking for alms. And the Holy Spirit spoke to Peter and John and said, look at him. He needs healing. And John didn't go and Peter didn't go. Oh, Lord, we need to go fast three days before we do this healing thing. They were ready. They were rock solid, absolute faith in God. Listen, when you go out on the streets witnessing, you better have absolute faith that God could take the hardest person out there and absolutely just turn them around right there. That's what's lacking in the church today. We got a bunch of unbelieving Christians filling the pews, professing one thing and living their lives another way. Hold 
Who it is, Lord, show me before the before the service, in the middle of the service. There's someone here. You've had a door closed on you recently. You you went, I don't opportunity or something like that, and the door slammed in your face, and you walked away disappointed. Where are you? Who is that? You? Anybody else? I saw the door being slammed in your face and the hurt inside. God said, I'm getting ready to open a different door. Yep. A different door. Let's stand together. If you can, let's stand together right now. Right where you're at, I want you to just take a moment and I want you to tell God, God, I want to, I want, I want to be so disconnected from the world and so connected to you. God, increase my faith in you. God, that you would use me in a mighty and powerful way for the glory of your name and your kingdom purpose. Come on, right where you're at. Right where you're at right now. Lord, I believe. I believe. I see relationships being restored that seem like it's impossible to fix. At the present, it's impossible. It's like you're you're in another country away from that person. But God said, I'm about to break things down and bring you to a place to where it can be restored. It can be restored. Restored. Hallelujah. Father, let our faith, let our faith, let our faith be sure in you, secure, founded, grounded, unmovable, fixed, anchored, cemented, impossible to move. Faith, they can say to the mountain, be removed. And it shall be. Father, I pray for this week of fasting. That God, you take it to a whole new level in our lives. That Father, this week, this week we see consecrated fast. We see consecrated fast. Focused, targeted fasting, Lord God. As we pray, we're not just going without food. We're praying. We're in your word and we're calling upon you in specific ways. In specific ways. Jesus. Come on. Come on, church. 
some of you right now God's already placed on your heart what is the consecrated fast you need to say it out loud to him you need to declare it even now Lord this week my, my fast is declared it is consecrated it is dedicated for this individual for this purpose for this situation whatever it is God's put on you set it before him now if you walk out the door without doing it the enemy will talk you out of it Jesus yeah come on love will make room for you yes Lord to do whatever you want to to do whatever you want to and I will make room for you to do whatever you want to to do whatever you want to and I will make room to do whatever you want to do whatever you want to and I will make room for you I see people fasting whatever you for their prodigal children their children you want who are away from God we dedicate fasting to you this week towards them let the hounds of heaven be heard go after them Holy Ghost remind them of the times when they feasted at your table when they knew the goodness of God break through the darkness break through the darkness of their mind break through the darkness of their mind in Jesus name to do whatever you want to do and I will make room for you Jesus who, who in here has, has children that are away from God that once knew God this is this is the key that once knew God they're away from God all right hold your hands up high church would you look around I believe in the power of agreement and I want someone to go two people to go and stand with each one look there's two right there another one right there one right there one there one there I want you to go lay hands on them and and agree with them come on Come on, you believe God answers prayer? Come on, come on. Raise your hands. Look, all the way in the back, over there. On the back row over there. Another one right there. They're coming home. I said they're coming home. They're coming back to the cross. God is bringing them back to the cross. God is going to bring them to the cross and they will have a choice to make. Jesus, we call them back from the north and south, east and west. God, they've run as far as they can run. They've run as far as they can run 
It's time to bring them home. Bring them home. Restore them, Lord God. Jesus. Whatever you want to. Whatever you want to. And I will make room for you. Thank you, Lord. The effectual fervent prayers of a righteous one avails much. Avails much. Avails much. Whatever you want to. Whatever you want to. And I will make room for you. Yes, Lord. To do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. And I will make room for you. Thank you, Jesus. To do whatever you want to. Whatever you want. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we pray. Those young people that came forward Friday night to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, some of them went away and they're still waiting. God, I pray this week, let it be a week of baptism of fire upon them, Lord. Let them wake up in the nighttime speaking in the Holy Ghost. Father, they'll find themselves outside and suddenly words will flow from their innermost being as the baptism, the baptizer comes and baptizes them in Jesus' name. Mighty God, mighty God. There's some of you, you're waking up in the middle of the night and you're not used to waking up in the middle of the night but suddenly you're waking up at two in the morning three in the morning and you're like Lord why God's calling you to travail to pray in the Holy Ghost you, you say well how do I pray you pray as he leads you to pray if you don't know how pray in the Holy Ghost then when he shows you you pray then you pray in the Holy Ghost he's not waking you up just so you can struggle to go back to sleep I'm telling you just wake up say Lord if you're going to tap me on the shoulder and wake me up I'm going to go pray I'm just telling you I just feel impressed to tell some people that how many of you have been waking up suddenly in the middle of the night 
Look. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. That's at least 15, 16 hands. Start praying. Start praying. You say, well, why, why God will God to wake me up? Because you're not doing it during the day. Wake you up at night. Maybe the need is in that moment. You don't know. You don't know. It may be life and death in that moment if you pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you believe God for great things this week? Great things. Great things. God said, and I will do above all that you can ask or think. Isn't that what it says? Amen. He can do above all that you can ask or think. So ask big and think big. Because God said I can do above that. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. And we praise you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for time in your presence. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for already the miracles that are being unleashed this coming week in the name of Jesus and for your glory. Amen and amen. Amen. If you need special prayer, come and we'll pray for you. Otherwise, God bless you. Have an incredible God-filled week.
Whatever you want 
whenever you want to.
Oh. 